Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Hey guys, happy Sunday evening and welcome to the Battle Cry. I'm Mark Meckler. I'm your host. And as usual, I'm bringing you some hope because it's not all dark and dismal. But the Battle Cry action item for this week is something really about your attitude. I really want you to think about this. Be informed. You got to be informed. Stay calm because if you get hysterical, it's not doing you or anybody else any good. And use your common sense, of course, because that's what we do. We're conservatives. Never, ever, ever lose hope as you're doing all of that stuff. And especially in an election year, because election years are crazy. Anything can happen. It's going to be wild and wooly for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about each of those things and what they mean to me. So number one, be informed. This is really important. We all know that there's an information war going on out there. There's a lot of fake media. Donald Trump showed us all that and really helped teach us all that and bring that to the forefront. There's really psychological ops, psyops going on out there by media enterprises, by politicians, probably some by the military, by federal law enforcement, people who don't believe the way you do, trying to undermine your belief system, undermine your thinking. So it's up to you to be informed. Can't do that by reading one thing or one website or listening to one personality It's not about cult of personality. It's not about just listening to me or whoever your favorite is, whether that's Tucker or Ben Shapiro or whoever it is, uh, Bannon on War Room. One source is not enough. And so that means you have to pick two or three of your favorite trusted sources. So I'm going to give you a few of mine so that you know who I'm listening to and where I get my information from. First and foremost for me, Daily Wire. I'm a Daily Wire subscriber. Uh, I've got their full package, whatever they call that. I'm not getting paid to promote this, but that's where I get my info. I love their news stories every day. I start with Morning Wire. It's kind of a stylistically, it's straight news, kind of NPR, no opinion, but real news. 15 minutes every morning, then they have an afternoon show. It's a little bit shorter. I listen to both of those. I listen to the guys at Daily Wire most days. They're kind of my workout partners. So I listen to Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, uh, Michael Knowles. Those are my three go-tos. Andrew Clavin on Fridays. I just get a full kind of well-rounded information from there. I love Ben Shapiro because I don't always agree with him, maybe 90% of the time, but I get it. I like he calls balls and strikes. It's not a partisan thing with him. It's about news. It's not about any particular candidate he loves or doesn't love. He gets grief sometimes from people who really love Trump because he'll be critical of Trump when he thinks Trump does stuff uh, stuff that's wrong. Ben Shapiro, main go-to guy, Matt Walsh, more on the social issues. I love him on the social issues. I think he's kind of a blunt force instrument. He's been out there as an activist. He's been on the bleeding edge of this stuff on all the transgender ideology, pushing back on that. Really admire Matt. Uh, Know both those guys, like him a lot. And then third, Michael Knowles, not necessarily in that order, but I love Michael Knowles. Michael is uh, very lighthearted, very funny, way more intellectual than you might think. Uh, His book, was incredible about Western Civ, talking about Western Civ. So I love all three of those guys. Andrew Clavin, for me, on the culture. He's got a once a week show on Fridays. Love Andrew Clavin. Just he's been a writer and a screenwriter for a long time, really talented guy, but he understands culture as well as anybody I know out there commenting on it. And then Daily Wire has a bunch of other hosts. Uh, you might like Brett Cooper. They have a sports show, Crane and Co. They have all the kids programming. Love Daily Wire. Blaze. I love the Blaze generally. Not anybody in particular, but I love them generally. 
My friend Yako Buyans, who's an anti-sex trafficker guy, is over there. I love him. I love a lot of what Glenn Beck has to say. A lot of their hosts. I don't listen to them as much as Daily Wire, but I love them. Another kind of daily go-to for me is Tucker. I love to listen to Tucker. I love his longer form interviews. Uh, Tucker Unleashed has been different than Tucker on Fox. Again, I don't always agree with any of these people I'm going to tell you, but I find interesting stuff out there. I read Daily Caller regularly, another place where I have friends. I know them really well. Uh, Daily Caller was founded by Tucker Carlson and Neil Patel, both of them friends of mine. Great, in my opinion, straight up news reporting, and they're training some of the best young journalists. So I look there. I'm trying to think where else I go. Ben Berkwam, uh, Real America's Voice. Ben, ben Berkwam is one of the best border reporters I know. Jason Jones, I look for on the border. Another great border reporter if I want to know what's going on on the border. Here in Texas, I read the Texas scorecard. So you can tell I use a bunch of different resources, and I'm kind of going back and forth between them all day. I am on X. I'm watching the news on X all day long, just on and off on my phone or on my screen here, just watching it scroll by, looking for interesting things. Uh, for Israel news, I'm really into Israel news. Uh, Jerusalem Post is probably my go-to in Israel that I go to. Uh, and then just individual blogs all over the country. So that gives you an idea of some of the basics of what I'm going to when I'm looking for information. And I find contradictory information on those things. So I am becoming informed on my own. Now, when I read a lot of this stuff, some of it could be very inflammatory depending on who you're listening to, who you're watching. I tend to stay away from inflammatory stuff. Oh yeah, one more I listen to all the time. Mark Levin uh, is obviously a go-to guy and a good, good friend of mine. So if it's gonna be really inflammatory, if it seems like the purpose of what the people are doing is to get me inflamed, then I generally don't listen to them because I want to stay calm. I want to be informed and I want to stay calm. By stay calm, I mean maintain my composure. Don't flip out on stuff. Don't forward every story I see without digging into it and making sure that it seems to me that it's something legitimate and real. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. A lot of them have proven to be true. So just because it seems like conspiracy theory doesn't mean it's not true. But I recommend you breathe, take some time, verify information the best you can before you forward it around. So that's what I mean by stay calm. Use your common sense. Like trust your judgment. Ask yourself when you read something, does this seem true to me? Does, does it resonate with me in my gut? Like, yeah, this seems real. Because a lot of times you'll read a story and you'll be like, that's outrageous. And if you stop and think, you're like, it doesn't really seem real. Or it seems like some of this seems like it's wrong. I, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. So I want you to stay calm because that's where your common sense is found, right? If you get all worked up, then your common sense won't be found there. That'll go out the window and you'll be forwarding things that aren't necessarily true or just inflammatory for inflammatory sake. You don't want to do that. Be informed, stay calm, use your common sense. And through all of this, you're on a, a roiling ocean, essentially, right? And your boat is bouncing around and everything's crazy and there's storm clouds. Never lose hope. Never lose hope, right? I believe in this country. This country has been through very, very dark times before. Remember, we had a civil war, 700,000 people killed or maimed in that civil war. It's dark times. We went through World War II, went through World War I, went through the American Revolution. It's been dark in this country before. And so don't lose hope. The enemy wants you to lose hope. One of the most important things they can do with psychological warfare is to cause you to not be informed, to cause you to be hysterical, 
to cause you to lose your common sense or not use your common sense. And ultimately the end result is you lose hope. And I don't want you to ever lose hope because there's always hope. Like as a person of faith, I know the end of the story. And so that makes me eternally hopeful. And I am hopeful for our country. I think there's a lot of great stuff going on. I think I'm seeing a lot of stuff swing in our direction. And so I'm happy every day and I'm very hopeful every day. And I hope you'll join me in that. Be informed, stay calm, use your common sense and never, ever lose hope. All right, we're going to start with the primary because you got to start with the primary, right? So we had the New Hampshire primary. I think Trump showed really well. I forget what the final number was, around 12-point victory. That's incredible. He's now won New Hampshire three times, the only candidate in history ever to do that. Uh, obviously, he blew out Nikki Haley. She underperformed. And so primary's over. Honestly, the primary was over after Iowa, but now the primary is really over. And so it doesn't matter what Nikki Haley thinks. She says they're going to fight on what fight on do whatever you want, right? Charge of the light brigade. It's not going to happen. You're, you might make a great epic poem someday because you chose to fight on, but you, Nikki Haley have lost. And frankly, from my perspective, it'd be way better for the party, way better for the country if you would admit you lost and just move on. But I think part of the reason Nikki Haley won't move on is a lot of her donors, and certainly it turns out a lot of the voters in New Hampshire were Democrats or independents who voted for her, not Republicans. It was over 70% of the people who voted for her were Democrats or independents. Over 70% of the people who voted for Trump were Republicans. That's got to tell you something about Nikki Haley and where she stands with the electorate. She's a candidate out of step with the times, right? She's a George Bush kind of candidate and not appropriate for where we are as a nation right now. And she should bow out gracefully. That's my opinion. Doesn't matter what Nikki Haley thinks. It doesn't matter what deranged never Trumpers think, whether they're quote unquote Republicans or whether they're lefties fighting to destroy Trump. The primary is over. Trump is the Republican nominee. He's going to be the Republican nominee. Now the only question is, does Joe Biden live long enough or do they let him be the Democrat nominee. So that's primaries. Uh, number two, SCOTUS, POTUS, Abbott, and the Texas border. This is a little bit confusing. I see a lot of people who are not informed, who are not staying calm, who are not using their common sense, and are losing hope around all of this stuff. So we're going to apply all those principles here to the fight on the Texas border. I live in Texas, so it's personal to me. Wherever you live, it should be personal to you because there's really bad stuff going on because of the open border all across the country. Doesn't matter whether you live in New Hampshire, Nevada, Iowa, Washington State, the open border, our southern border is affecting you. By the way, it's on the northern border too, but worse on the southern border. It's having a tremendously negative effect on communities all over our country. Whatever community you live in, wherever you live, it's having a negative effect. Fentanyl, sex trafficking, hospital overload, municipal services overload, uh, local law enforcement overload, education system overload. Illegal immigrants are overloading our system. This is terrible. They got to go and we got to close the southern border. So in on the southern border right now, you've all heard of the fight at Shelby Park, I'm sure. Shelby Park is a park in Eagle Pass, Texas, that was a magnet for illegal immigrants. And I'm not even going to use the word migrants. I really hate that. They're not migrants. These are illegals or illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. We're going to use the right language. Don't ever call them migrants. They're illegal Immigrants, illegal aliens, or just illegals. And that was literally, they would look at their cell phones and pinned on their maps with Shelby Park. This is where they would gather after illegal crossing, illegally crossing the Rio Grande. And that's where 
then uh, you would have the Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol would quote unquote process them. In other words, be their tour guides and release them into the interior of our country, never to be seen again, never to be known who they are, never to know what diseases they're carrying potentially. And so what happened was the Texas governor ordered the seizure by Department of uh, Public Safety here in Texas, the seizure of Shelby Park by seizure. What I mean is they put up fences around it. They secured it with military equipment and they no longer allowed the border patrol in there. So that's one thing that's going on, Shelby Park. There was another case where there is razor wire that DPS, Department of Public Safety in Texas, has placed along the northern side of the Rio Grande River to prevent uh, illegal immigrants, illegal uh, illegals from crossing that river and getting out of the river and coming ashore. So they laid out all this razor wire, and you have all probably seen the video of federal officers, border patrol officers, cutting that razor wire and letting illegal immigrants into the country. So Texas filed a lawsuit to prevent border patrol from cutting their razor wire. And they received an injunction against the federal government from stopping them from cutting that razor wire. And then that went up on appeal to the Fifth Circuit and the Fifth Circuit upheld that injunction. And then that was appealed again to the Supreme Court. And what the Supreme Court did, and this is very important because people are freaking out over, over the top. They're not remaining calm. They're not informed. They're freaking out. Oh, my God, the Supreme Court ruled for an open border. The Supreme Court didn't do that. I don't like their ruling, by the way. But what the Supreme Court did is said, we're removing the injunction. Okay? This is a really important distinction. They didn't say that Texas couldn't ever do this. They didn't say what their reasoning for removing the injunction was. It was a preliminary injunction. They didn't say any of that. So all this means is in that moment, they said, yep, the Border Patrol can cut the razor wire. They didn't say that Texas couldn't place the razor wire. And they didn't rule on a permanent injunction because this was just a temporary injunction. And so what happened now is it came back to Texas and Governor Abbott said, yep, we're going to keep placing the razor wire. And God bless him for doing that. I've been critical of Governor Abbott for not doing enough in this case. God bless them for replacing that razor wire. And so there is no court case. SCOTUS hasn't ruled that we can't place the razor wire. SCOTUS hasn't ruled that we can't stop the feds from cutting the razor wire. SCOTUS just ruled that they removed the injunction of the lower court and saying that the feds could cut that razor wire. So now you have standoff, right? So understand what the Supreme Court did and didn't do. All it affects is on a preliminary injunction, could Border Patrol cut that razor wire uh, because the injunction had said no, and the Supreme Court just said, we're removing the injunction. They didn't even say yes. Okay, clear? All right, so next step is what will happen in this case is the case is still alive. The lower court will now hear the case on the merits, and they will likely put an injunction in place, a permanent injunction, preventing Border Patrol from cutting the razor wire. And then the next step is it'll go up to the district court in the Fifth Circuit, and the circuit will likely uphold that injunction. It'll be on the merits this time, not a preliminary injunction. And so it's going to go through two courts, and then likely it'll go back to SCOTUS. So this will likely take months. Meanwhile, Texas has the razor wire in place. All right, so this is why you got to be informed. you got to stay calm. you got to use your common sense. Never lose hope because we're not losing hope yet. It's bad down there, but it looks like Abbott's doing more than ever before. Is it real? Is it theater? How much is he doing? Can he do everything he 
He, is he doing everything he can be doing? I don't know the answers to those questions, but I do know what he's doing is more than he's done before. So I'm going to give him kudos for that. And then we're going to be watching to see what really happens. We've got a lot of friends down there on the border, ranchers and law enforcement and border patrol folks. And we're in a loop here on the phone all the time with a lot of people who know what's going on. And we will keep you informed as this fight develops. So don't give up hope. It ain't over on the border. Here's some other good news, and I think this is important. We focus on good news. Again, these are stories that they're not like feel-good stories, like rescuing a kitty from a tree, but I think they're good news. This is about making lemonade from lemons. So in Oregon, one of the worst states in the country as far as insane blue madness, uh, they had decriminalized all drugs. And lo and behold, I'm so shocked at what happened. Crime went up, drug abuse went up, overdoses went up. The city's streets aren't livable. Heroin deaths are up. Like, are you, it's shocking, isn't it? That if you decriminalize all drugs, all this stuff will happen. So here's the good news. The Oregon legislature is stepping in and right now they're debating. It looks like they will pass a law recriminalizing a bunch of the drugs, not all of them, but a bunch of them. Uh, recriminalizing even minor possession, definitely recriminalizing dealing this stuff to give the police the ability to deal with some of this stuff because their cities are now just completely out of control. So I think when you see something like that and you see the results of insane bad policy and you see a legislature backing down, you have to consider that a victory. You have to consider that good news. It is good news. No matter what, when these crazy leftists do this crazy leftist stuff, reality is gonna hit them like a brick wall at high speed. And that's what's happening in Oregon. We should celebrate that when we see those kinds of victories. Not We didn't make it happen, and it's not Republicans who made it happen. It's reality that made it happen. So that's good news out of Oregon. Here's more good news. On the pushback against DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, which should be called DIE, because any institution that adopts it dies, uh, what we see is that there's pushback continuing against it at the university level. You know about President Claudine Gay forced to resign from Harvard. You know about Bill Ackman pushing on UPenn. Their president resigned. Uh, and so there's a lot of pushback on DEI generally going on at these institutions. Ackman is continuing. He's now after Business Insider Magazine, which is a good deal. But at Cornell, another major university, high-level, elitist university, you've got a major donor calling for the president there to resign. And he's demanding the removal of DEI. And so this is what we've been saying for years. I've been talking to donors for years. Until you guys band together and say you're not giving any more money, all this stuff's going to continue. And so now what we see is conservative donors, or I wouldn't even say necessarily conservative, Bill Ackman's no conservative, but donors of conscience, donors that are not idiots, are stepping up and demanding that these universities do something. And in this case, he's demanding the removal of the president and the gutting of their DEI programs. Now, will they do that? I don't know. I doubt it, uh, but it is a good sign to see major, major donors doing this. We're seeing this all over the country. I think this is a movement that is going to continue to grow. The blowback is coming. It's going to be really bad for the radical left. And this is part of that blowback getting started. Sweet to see. I love it. Makes me smile. Makes me laugh. I'm sure it makes them sweat, and I'm glad to see them sweating. I think it's a good thing, and we should always focus on this stuff as we see this stuff happening. And celebrate the victories. Never rest. When you see it happening at one university, we have to make it happen at all of those universities. We have to think of ways 
to press our victories. Uh, one of the things that I think that we as conservatives are not good enough at is when we win, then we should immediately press for more and immediately press for more. You never back down. You don't win and then just go home and celebrate and think, oh, it was so good. You just continue to push. This is the methodology of the left, and it's why they've made so much incremental progress over the decades. So good news at Cornell, and this is happening at universities all across the country. Uh, last week, just to report, I, I was in Kentucky with the grassroots. It was awesome. It was cold, but it was awesome. There were the grassroots. I had dinner with a bunch of grassroots leaders, which I always love. The next day, we did our surge event in the legislature. I think we had about 50 grassroots with us there, lobbying, going around. And I got to say, it was the most positive reception I've ever had in the Kentucky legislature. Mitch, the turtle McConnell is against us, so that's hard in Kentucky. Uh, but it's actually gone really well there. I'm really pleased by all the stuff I saw the grassroots doing. I think we had 33 meetings with legislators. I met with the speaker. That was a positive meeting. I really, most positive meeting we had. Having Rick Santorum with me is always such a pleasure because people love him. They know him. They respect him. He's got way more gravitas than I do. So I love having him there. It was great in Kentucky. Uh, and then in this last week, uh, I was in Nashville. So I think Kentucky was the week before this. Last week I was in Nashville. I was there for a couple of days of meetings. I did some donor stuff, but I also had meetings at Daily Wire, just kind of deepening our relationship with Daily Wire. Uh, we've got a lot of good friends inside Daily Wire. That was great stuff. Uh, what else did I do? I filmed a video with Pastor Ben Graham. I don't know if you all know Ben Graham. Uh, really if a part of the Graham family, Billy Graham, Franklin Graham family, part of that lineage. Uh, Dr. Graham, wonderful guy, uh, younger guy. Uh, on his third bout fighting cancer, really profound wisdom in him. Uh, and he made some videos for us endorsing Convention States. I promoted his new book about apathy, which comes out in February. Uh, look for those videos online. So good week. Next week, it looks like I get to be at home. That's unusual, but I'm happy to do that. Happy to be at home. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Saturday, this Saturday, yesterday, I got to spend the day in Dallas with the Texas team. You guys are awesome. This is our leadership team, their state strategy meeting. I was in Dallas, so I drove up to Dallas, spent some time with them. Love going to Dallas. Love being with my Texas team. That's my hometown team. So I just wanted to shout out and appreciate you guys. So that's kind of what's been going on uh, in COS. We've got hearings going on all over the country. Uh, we've got grassroots activities going on all over the country. Go to conventionofstates.com and look for that stuff. Uh, there's one thing that happened this week that I want you guys to know about that wasn't an event per se. But we had a big news story, which is we had some polling. Uh, that came out of Pennsylvania. We commissioned some polling there because we wanted to demonstrate that COS really is bipartisan. I mean, I'm a conservative guy. There's a lot of conservatives, legal advisory board, all of our endorsers, but people across the aisle love convention of states. So new polling results for convention of states is specific to Pennsylvania, pretty similar all across the nation. 67% of all respondents across party lines support convention of states. 67%, so over two-thirds of people support convention of states. That includes 75% of independents, 55% of Democrats, 79% of Republicans, and the majorities of all three groups. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. What else can you think of where the majority of Americans, the majority of each party, the majority of all these different groups all support the same thing? That's really weird in divided times. Uh, across the age ranges, by the way, 70% of 18 to 44-year-olds, 66% of 45 to 54-year-olds, 
one percent of 55 to 64 year olds 63 percent 65 to 74 year olds and 64 percent of 75 plus the second strongest group is the youngest generation how cool is that that should give you hope for the future and this is interesting too pretty radical voters express a willingness to cross party lines to vote for a candidate who supports convention of states 69 percent of republicans said they would do this 70 percent of democrats are virtually the same 77% of independents. Those are incredible statistics. And it shows that this really is a bipartisan movement to restrain Washington, D.C. You can get more information on this whole poll, all the cross tabs and everything, www.conventionofstates.com forward slash news. All right, going to go to a little bit of Q&A before we leave. Deb Rohr asked the question last week, can COS do anything about states allowing illegal non-citizens to vote? Now, when we go to convention, to be clear, Convention is designed to restrict the scope, power, and jurisdiction of the federal government. So if we were to say something like, you know, broadly speaking across the country, non-citizens can't vote, that doesn't really restrict the scope, power, and jurisdiction of the federal government. But the way we can do it is Convention of States does a lot of other things other than just calling for a convention. Uh, and what I mean by that is we have something called our F3 initiative. It's federalism, fundamental rights, and freedom. And anything that falls under that, our state teams can choose to do in their state legislatures. In the state legislatures, we can, we should, and we must be passing laws preventing non-citizens from voting. And so I think, yes, we can, yes, we should, and we can do that on a state-by-state basis. That's what federalism is all about. So, Deb, get with your state team and get them on that. Uh, Charles Johnson asks, what about the northern border? Yeah, the northern border is wide open as well, Charles. Luckily, there aren't nearly as many people crossing there. I think if we secure the southern border, we're going to see more on the north. So we're going to have to do something about that in the north as well. We have to secure all the borders all across the country, no matter what. I, you know, we don't pay as much attention to the northern border because the numbers aren't as incredible. The numbers aren't as insane. Again, if you want to learn more, go to conventionofstates.com. Go to the website, sign the petition, click the Take Action tab, get involved. Make sure that you are informed, right? Gotta be. We started with this. Get informed. Stay calm, right? Use your common sense. Never, ever lose hope. And if you can make it on that until the next week and keep hope, then I'll see you next Sunday night on The Battle Cry. God bless you guys. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.